Welcome to the Mega Man's podcast with your host, Stephen Martinez, a.k.a. Mega Man. This will be episode 176 of Beard Talks 54. I have a very, very special guest coming all the way from Princeton, New Jersey. He is a craft beer enthusiast, craft beer trader, home brewer, and a Latino chemist. And he's a Dodger fan, and he loves trading beers and getting all the good stuff from the other half. My guest for today... We all know him on user on Instagram, hopped it up underscore sync chemist, my boy Henry. What's up? What's up, brother? How's it going, dude? Thank good. you for having me. Good, good, yeah. And yeah, I know we're supposed to do the podcast at four, but I think you said three. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I thought I sent the message and it was like, I think I told you 7 p.m. my time, but I think there was a discrepancy that we were like four hours apart, so we're three hours apart. <laughs> Yeah, I know. But it's all good. It's all good. No worries. Yeah. Uh, I got off work, and I took my lunch at uh, at 4.30 in the morning, and I wanted to make sure if, if you guys were still up, still doing the Zoom last night. Dude, we were, we were up until, so I think me, Diverse City, um, and then Greg and my lady, we were on, she came on the, the Zoom, like, later. Like, we were on, we were on until, like, 6. PM six in the morning my time, dude. Oh, for reals? Yeah. Oh man, I got because I know I was at lunch. I mean, uh, I was at work and I was at lunch. And I was like, "You guys are still up talking about beers?" <laughs> no, we were talking about everything, man. We were talking about history in LA. We were talking about baseball, dude. Um, just everything—a wide variety of things, man. Oh man, I wish. Uh... I wanted to call out so bad for every time, every Friday. I feel like that. I want to call out because we, when we go on Zoom, because it gets a little, it gets a little crazy. But you know what? For some kind of reason, for the past three weeks, I was like wanted to call out. But when I go to work, it's like, oh, this person called out this person. So it was crunch time. So I was like, oh, luckily I didn't have to call out work today because if I would have kept on drinking, still, Megman would have been passed out. Dude, Zooms are getting amazing, man. They're 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 getting big now, dude. People are joining. It's an interactive conversation. Like we talk about everything. It's it's all open, dude. You know, you can you know, sometimes we talk about, you know, a little bit too much politics, a little bit too much about work, dude. But it's okay, dude. It's an intermingle, dude, but mostly craft beer. I know, I know. that's one of the things I love and uh I want we're gonna talk about Zoom in a bit, but uh I want everyone to know who is Henry all about because uh how did you? How did how did uh, you and I we started to uh, follow each other? Was it because of uh, Beard Thug Life? Yeah, Beard Thug Life, dude. So you know, I started seeing some of the some of the posts that you were putting and and how you were interacting with the craft beer community out there, and I was like, dude, you know, this cat kind of reminds me of me, dude. You know, you know, getting involved with the with the with the local community and the, and the local craft beer, and mm-hmm. and you know, just trying to sample everything and and. And getting involved, man. And so I was like, you know what, dude? And then I'm giving him a follow. And then I started listening to some of the podcasts that you had put out. Dude, and, mm-hmm. you know, there's some amazing work there, dude. Yeah, it's still, it's still to me, like, I'm always be a perfectionist. And I always want the episode to be good. But uh, there's always things. There's always uh, some stuff I need to work on, my weaknesses or my strong points. Uh, get to know more about the craft beer scene. Because... Uh, two years ago, I mean, I knew about craft beers, but when you really get deep inside to the craft beer, uh, cheese mill life and the, and the scenes and all what's going on, like, 
I have to I have to be up to par. I have to know all the info. Of what's four one one? And that's where when you started when you invited me on the Zoom and 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 you know talking to all these people all over the United States and and having a good idea is like man, I bought these beer these breweries over here and in the Midwest or in the East Coast or Pacific Northwest and all that stuff where are these beer trades, what's going on, what's a 411, if, if some of these uh, breweries open up or closing down, what's good, what's not, what's a sucky beer, what's a good beer, what's up and coming. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in the craft beer scene. Oh yeah, dude. And you know, sometimes it's a lot to handle too, but you know, you gotta get that inside scoop dude, in order to understand what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons um, I've been so focused on West Coast, but with you, you're so, you know, everything on the East Coast, because there's so many good breweries out there, like when we're talking about, I didn't even heard of them, and like other half, we all know other half, but like Trilliums and, and all these other breweries coming out in New York or, you know, New Jersey or like how you say North Carolina, there's over close to what, 50 or 60 breweries in what, in a seven mile radius? Yeah, there's Asheville, North Carolina, man. It's a hot zone, too, for the craft beer industry. I just, I'm just trying to, I was thinking about it all last night, and I was like, how can there be 70, like 60 or 70 breweries out in the seven-mile radius? That's like, man, that's a lot of breweries. Like, damn, I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's, a, it's very concentrated, man. Like I was telling you yesterday, dude, that's one of the, like, meccas, you know, of the craft beer industry on the East Coast, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I always want to see what's going on and wherever we're doing a live and you had one of the guys who lives out in Orlando, there's some more good breweries out there too and in Florida. Yeah, yeah, there's, a, there's, there's scattered everywhere, man. You know, from Miami to Orlando to Tampa, mm-hmm. you know, to Pensacola. You know, I've been down to Pensacola for a beer festival out there, a homebrew convention, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we get out there and we, we, we take our homebrew and, and people come on and try the beers and stuff. But then, you know, there's an evening where we go out into the city, dude, and there's a couple amazing freaking spots there, too, dude. And it's like, there's a lot of hidden gems out there, dude, that people don't know. That's what I thing I love about hidden gems. Like, you know, everyone goes to all these famous breweries, but I want to see, like, a small little brewery where it, it, it packs a punch. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, and that's the thing, dude. It's like... You know about the names, you know, you know about Monkish, you know about Modern Times, you know about Other Half, you know about Trillium, you know about Treehouse, but, you know, Evil Twin. But then you go into, like, the communities, dude, and you're like, oh, shit, you know, KCBC, LIC Beer Project, Folks Beer. You know, those are within the community of Other Half, you know, a lot smaller breweries, but freaking packing a punch, dude. Bringing it to the freaking game, outshining some of the big breweries too, dude. It's like those are the hidden gems. Those are what I like to seek out, dude. Like, yeah, of course, I want to get my can, you know, from other half and stuff because they're a trading commodity. I can trade it for other beers, but I'm not like other traders, dude. I, you know, if I trade you a can of other half, it doesn't matter what you send me. If it's something new, perfect, dude. Mm-hmm. That's something that I want to try that I don't have, you know. Mm-hmm. That's always something where. Um, I stopped doing where I stopped getting like four packs, but I mean, if there's good beers, I'll get a four pack, but I always like to try singles and just make a little four pack and just try it out. And if I like the beer, then I'll buy a four pack. Yeah, that's the way to do that, man. And I like a lot of places like, you know, Moet Craft Beer King, dude. He does an amazing job and there's other liquor stores out there that do that that sell singles. Mm -hmm. They give you the opportunity to try the beer. 
Because if you know if you like it, you're going to come back. You're going to grab a four-pack or you're going to grab two four-packs, you know? And that's one thing. We were talking this about on the Zoom. That's the one thing that I like about Treehouse and I like about Trillium. You can go to the brewery and you don't have to commit yourself to a four-pack. You can buy single cans, dude. I wish they can do that. Well, I think you can do that at Long Beach Beer Lab, but I don't think you could do it at certain breweries because you got to buy the four pack. But some you could buy singles or maybe a two pack. Yeah, I think I think with with um, with Trillium and Treehouse, I think that was their 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 how they started. I think they just decided, hey, let's do single cans. You know, you you can opt out opt to buy the four pack. You know, but I think single cans gives a a better you can get a better mix and a better tasting of their beers. You know, exactly. instead of buying a four pack of each. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's always, well, yeah, I just want to see because the, the craft beer uh, scene is always changing every day. So there's always new things, uh, what's going on the West Coast. But we'll talk more about beers later. But I want to get to know Henry, man. Uh, so you grew up in uh, all L.A. half your life? So I was born and raised in, I was born in Torrance, California. Torrance, really? Yep. I yep. Went to, I went Torrance to, Memorial Hospital, man. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I went to elementary school from uh, I think from first and fifth grade. So if you go down PCH, going all the way straight up, and there's Western, you make a right, make a right on uh-huh. Western. And I used to go to this uh, Christian called Pacifica Christian School. Okay. Okay. Yes. I went there from like first grade to fifth grade. Then after that, uh, I moved. That's down in. Is that down in Lomita? That's near Lomita, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Kind of right there. There's a church. I think you go like another light or two, then <coughs> I think you're on Sepulveda or I know those yep. McDonald's right there. Yeah, so I grew up from when I was born up into the age of two. I lived on Western and 186th Street, oh, sure. so in Gardena, Okay. Uh, the Gardena area. And then from there, uh, my parents moved to Maywood, California. And so I lived the rest of my life there up until I was 26. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once I was 26, then... Um, I moved out of my mom's house, you know, continued school. Um, so I did I did all my elementary in, in, in Maywood, went to Bell High, you know, graduated from Bell High School. Um, you know, I wasn't the the smartest kid on the block and stuff like that. My brother's actually the bookworm, not me. What? You know, I'm, but, just, I'm you're the, but you're the chemist, man. You're like you're That's the chemist. crazy thing, dude. I was the one I was the one that, you know, I was never popular in high school. But I hung around with the popular kids. You know, there was my group that I hung out with and my friends were all considered the popular kids did, you know, back then. But, um, yeah, bro, uh, I did what I did, dude. Got into Cal State Long Beach, you know, and did my undergraduate there. It took me seven years to finish because I was working full time and taking care of my parents as well. So I was pretty much providing some source of income for them. Um, so that affected my grades a little bit, dude. And so I didn't go into a PhD program right away. I went into uh, a master's program at Cal State LA. Mm-hmm. And so I finished my two years there and got accepted to Ole Miss. Did you was the when, school that I got accepted to. Yeah, so when you when you moved to Ole Miss, when you went to transfer to Ole Miss, were you kind of like worried, like, I don't want to leave my mom and my dad behind. Like, am I going to be okay? You know, like, did they tell you, just go, just... Go go fulfill your dream, you know. Yeah, my my parents my parents have always been in, big on education. My family's always been big on education. Uh, my aunts, uncles, do they always pushed it, you know? 
hey, you got to finish freaking school. You got to do this. You got to do that to excel yourself. And so when I left, I didn't want to leave, dude. I wanted to stay local just because they're my parents. They're a lot older. Mm-hmm. I'm the oldest one in the fat, and you know, out of my me and my brother, we're the only two. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom and my dad's like, no, you got to go do what you got to go do. You got to get your career and get started with it, and then hopefully you come back. You know, you'll see. We'll see if you end up back on the west coast, but you never know with chemistry. Chemistry takes you everywhere. What do you mean by like? What do you mean it takes you anywhere? Because when you're doing chemistry, are there like people who are like recruiting? Like, hey, we need you to over here. We'll offer you this type of money and all that. So, so this is what happened. So when I went to Ole Miss, um, I started working there with a professor, and then he got an offer from Mississippi State, which is the rival school they call the rival school down south. <laughs> uh, but. Um, so he came up to us one day and was like, hey, man, uh, I want to take my whole team with me down there. You know, we got a great opportunity, bigger facilities. You know, your classes will transfer over, you know, so you don't have to restart classes when you go down there. Um, so, yeah, I said, yeah, man, I'll, I'm down to follow you, dude. And so followed him down to Mississippi State. Um, you know, some things some things hit the fan that uh, I won't talk about, some ethical things that he did. Yes, um, yes that basically caused me to not leave the program, but caused me to leave that professor and go work for a different professor and pretty much start over again. So I had a bump in the road during my PhD. And so I had to restart, um, you know, doing the whole, not the whole classwork, but the whole being in the lab part. Because there's there's two parts to the degree, you know, the lab work and then there's your classwork. Um, when you went to Old Miss, are there were were there a lot of Latino people in co- going to college over there, or is it mostly all whites and blacks? It's mostly, you know, you're, you're talking about a mix of, of white and black. There is hardly any Latinos, you know, at big universities like that. It's hard. It's it's sad to say, you know, because you do you do see them um, everywhere. You see you see the Latino culture in freaking at Harvard, at MIT, at some of the big institutes, the UCLA, USC. But it's like you go to campuses like that too, dude, and then you're like, majority of the population is white, you know. So, you know, for me, I kept I kept hearing the negativity. Oh, you're going to school down in the south. You better be careful down in the south. Don't speak Spanish down there, you know. So I'm like, okay, why are people telling me this? And I'm like, you know, people, you know. There's a lot of people were saying that there was a lot of racism and stuff down there still. You know, I never saw it and I never encountered it. You know, I know it exists and it still goes on, you know, even in education, in the schools, everything. But, you know, I never personally encountered it. That's weird. Um, That's weird. But it was, it was, it was was a culture shock, man. It was, it was like, oh, you know, you're in a, you're in a different world, dude, especially. You know, even if it's higher education, you know, you're getting a, a doctorate degree. You know, it's a different world, dude. You, you know, I got invited to a couple parties, dude, and and you know, these were my friends from the black fraternities, dude. And let's go, let's go party, let's go have a good time, dude. But I felt comfortable. They made me feel comfortable, dude. It's like amazing, dude. Man, that's weird. Like the South will be like, it's it's just that like. I think that like before all that stuff, but now I think everything's changing because you know all the transition, what's going on in the United States with 
from the Black Lives Matter and all this stuff's going on where I think everyone's trying to, uh, I think everyone's trying to be on, on, everyone's on high alert but at the same time, they don't want to be walking over, walking over each other. Like, hey, just try kind of be respectful because right now we're living in sensitive times. It was very respectful, man. It was, you know, the first time I went to a football game down there, football in the South, the whole Southeastern Conference, dude, is a religion, bro. Football games out there, people tailgating, people, in, you know, women in dresses, dude, chandeliers hanging from the freaking tents, bro. Like, it is a freaking religion, dude. I'm no telling way. you, football, tailgating out there is a different level, man. Different level. But I enjoyed it. But the first time, the first time that I encountered something that, like, really hit me was I was at a football game once, and there was a group of people on the opposite side chanting, the South will rise again. And I'm like, whoa. Whoa. Dude, I felt totally uncomfortable, dude. Like, what the hell, dude? Like, so the, the, those racist tendencies, dude, and those traditions down there, they call them traditions, dude. They still exist, man, and it's yeah. it's tough, dude. I'll never forget about that movie I saw with Gene Hackman called Mississippi Burning. I'll never forget that movie. That's uh, yeah, man. That when I think about Mississippi, that's what happened when the whole uh, FBI uh, Hoover sent all these FBI agents in over there just because uh, two kids disappeared, a white and a black, and uh, when they found their bodies, man, it was uh, it was. I that's that's a lot of things I remember. You know, my dad used to tell me about that. It's like. There's a lot of there's a lot of racist uh, states out there who still ha- they still kind of have that Confederate flag, but now these days, everyone's taking that shit down now. They're like, "Fuck this shit." Mississippi just finally removed it this year, bro. That was um, so. That was the last state then. That was the last state to remove it. Fuck, man. Well, but I'll tell you something, man. Mississippi for me, when I went out there, and the friends that I met, and you met Wick, you know, on Zoom and stuff like that. You know, the friends that I met there, dude, those are lifelong friends, bro. Those are friends that they have my back, dude. I'm still up here, dude, and we still talk to each other, you know, make sure that I'm okay, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Do you need anything? Like, stuff like that, dude. It's, like, it's amazing, dude, so. Yeah, maybe he'll call you and say, hey, I need a judge for, for a beer contest. You want to come over here? <laughs> That's kind of but weird. yeah, man, so. I'd be kind of weird to be a, a beer judge because it's like, if you're like a well-known beer judge and you're trying to taste all these different types of beers all over the United States. I mean, that, that puts a lot of pressure. Yeah, dude. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, dude, I finished, I finished my PhD in, in 2018 down there. Mm-hmm. Um, after that bump in the road and the degree. And so I stayed on, I stayed on for a year. They, they allowed me to stay an extra year to get some teaching experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got my teaching experience and then, a friend of mine and a very close mentor who's also a chemist at uh, Caltech um, out in Pasadena uh, sent me an email and he's like, hey, uh, one of my friends at Princeton is looking for a postdoc. So what a postdoc is, is it's postdoctoral training. So after your PhD, this is basically my residency. So in medical, in the medical degree, you do a residency before you become an actual practicing doctor. Yes. In the PhD, you do a postdoc to become a practicing professor when you, when you, when you, so basically it's, it's not grunt work, but it's, it's more training. It's individual training. Damn. So yeah, I got the, I, I came up here, man, got the offer, um, and been here since, man, been here since, in prison since September of last year. 
That's awesome. And you work like you work like you have like a straight schedule, or you have you just work around these different types of uh, schedules. So my schedules they all change. Dude. It's it's you're, you're still on that mentality that you're a student because technically you're a student, so you're you're learning more, you're training more. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, sometimes I'll go in at seven in the morning and leave at seven at night, or sometimes I'll go in at noon and I'm done by three p.m. Dude, I work three hours, but sometimes. I think the longest I ever been was forty eight hours, two days straight, trying to do trying to do some work and, and catch up on stuff. But yeah, dude, it's a it's a it's it's a roller coaster. You, you never you don't have a set a set schedule is what I'm trying to say. So, like for you being a chemist, or is it more like you're trying to try different types of medicines, or what what, what type of what type of chemistry uh, you do? I had a feeling you were going to ask me this. So, you know, I always have to, my boss always tells me, you always got to be ready with an elevator talk if somebody asks you, what do you do? You know? Mm-hmm. So, basically what I do is, say you have product A and you're trying to get to product B. Mm-hmm. So, what I do is develop the intermediate that can get you there. Gotcha. Okay. So, so, so it's, it's pretty straightforward, dude. It's, it's, but I work in the realm of, um, renewable energy so my contract that i have is out of the department of energy so we're trying to find ways for instance to take uh methane gas which is a byproduct of refineries pretty much and convert that to like methanol useful chemicals that you know you're trying to you're trying to reuse something that's bad to make it good be hearing a lot of stuff about that from Joe again because uh, there's a lot of stuff changing with gavin Newsom. you know uh trying to get away from uh like from fossil fuel and all that stuff and everything. So, so basically what, what, what you're hearing there, the behind the scenes are the chemists trying to work. Let's try to get rid of fossil fuels. Let's try to go more green chemistry instead of what we're using. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That they, yeah, because everything like, uh, I think uh, everyone's trying to, um, trying to find a way to kind of like make life more easier uh, down the road, you know, and make, you know, just because of, what's been going on with this COVID and everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So actually here in Princeton, there's a team of, of researchers from a different lab uh, that I work at um, that were actually partnered up with Johnson and Johnson in developing a vaccine for COVID. So. Yeah. You think is, is there, is there, is, is, are, are they in luck or there's still, it's still going to take time. So they're, they're still in the clinical trial phase of it and i know it got paused uh because of a one of the cases i think one a gentleman or someone i'm not sure uh got sick after the vaccine was given to him mm-hmm. uh they're not unsure of what he got sick with they're still trying to investigate if it was the vaccine if it was vaccine related or it was something that he had already that's kind of like when you talk about like uh being a chemist and you know all these people are making like vaccines it's kind of scary to do like test runs on people like hey you want to we're going to try this out, you know, and everything, because sometimes in a way like these vaccines, it can be a hit, it can be a hit and miss, you know? So, so I'm not, I, I don't know much of the biological side, but what gotcha. they do basically is um, they test it in the lab first. So it's tested on cells or it's tested on mice or it's tested. And then from there, they go into the clinical trial phase and test it on humans. And it has to be tested on humans because they're the ones that are eventually going to take the vaccine, mm-hmm. you know? So it takes time, dude. You know, people people don't realize that, oh, we want a vaccine, we want a vaccine, we need a vaccine. 
yes, we do need it. There's a lot of people out there, especially the elderly and the people that are in the front lines that need that vaccine. But it takes time to develop it. You can't rush something because rushing something is what's going to cause those incidents. People are going to get sick or they're going to react to the vaccine. They might have, you know, fatalities. Nobody knows. So that's why they, they narrowed down it to like 30,000 people or a, a study of 80,000 people to see those effects. Mm-hmm. What is actually happening in their bodies. Yeah. You know? I heard some of the medical field over there in in Oxford, they said they already found a cure already. I don't know if that's true, but I'll look it up today. There, 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 there's everywhere. The Russians say that, you know, they have something they... Uh, you know, New Zealand said that they had developed uh, a, a vaccine for it that, that was promising and, and showing promising results. You know, this is a worldwide effort, dude. Everyone wants to be the first person to develop it. You <laughs> yeah. know? This is the weird thing about, from all this, China's back to normal. It's just like like, like nothing happened. now. But we're, we're getting hit, and now they're using the COVID as, as a politics strategy. You know, hey, if you don't get this, you know, this is what's going to happen. Are you... Uh, are you a are you a red or are you a blue? I mean, that's the thing, though, bro. It's like, look, you know, I come I come from a scientific background, you know, but you people have to understand that scientists or or, or science in general mm-hmm. is a universal freaking platform, bro. Yes, there's everyone in the world using sciences, dude. Chemists, doctors, it's everybody. We can't freaking just be one entity trying to rush for one thing, bro. This has to be a global effort. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get freaked out like that movie, uh, that movie Outbreak or... Uh, Outbreak. Or that movie I Am Legend. Fuck that. I mean, yeah, you, you know, people see that stuff and it's, it's, it's a movie, but you gotta understand that in Outbreak, those things can happen. I mean, it's it's scary to actually put it in perspective because that's what's happening. This is an Outbreak. I know, or like that movie, uh, 30 Days Later, where the, the, those zombies are chasing you and they're all... Oh, my God, dude. I would have been like, I'm dead. Fuck it, just eat me. <laughs> Resident Evil, you know? <laughs> I know. So, uh, so when, now that when you're a chemist, like, doing all that stuff, do you have ideas? It's like, okay, you know what? I know from this and this and this, and that's where you, you come up being like a home brewer because there's a lot of people who who are into the home brewers, and it's like, they always tell me, man, it's man, Mega Man, it's like a science, man, I fucking love it, dude. So, I got into home brewing because back when I was actually in LA, um, I received a, a, a beer kit from, I think it was my cousin or someone that sent, gave it to me for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so I brewed it at home, and, you know, stored the beer and then opened it, you know, a month later, and I opened it up, and I'm like, holy shit, dude, this is nasty, bro. It's like, ugh, <laughs> bitter, I was like, oh, nope, nope. But that's what got me curious. It's like, how do I start developing it, you know? And one of my uh, former roommates that I had in L.A., uh, he was doing it on a bigger scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I hooked up with him, dude, and, and we started brewing, and he made some pretty good beers. And then I took that and met up all my friends that I have in the South now who are brewers, you know, home brewers, and, and it just went on and went on and went on. And I perfected my recipes, and... And the way I did things uh, from Wick, you know, Wick was a big, he was a teacher. He was, he was pretty much my teacher when it came to homebrewing, dude. Mm-hmm. And we brewed some 
beers, several beers, man, that have been freaking amazing, dude. How many beers? Did, how many beers did you make? Like four, five, ten, fifteen? Oh, dude. Um, crap! I have them actually all. My stickers all lined up there. Um, <laughs> from, from the from the list of it right now, I think I did a total of just home brewing, probably more than twenty beers, bro. That's not bad. That's more not than bad. twenty beers, dude. Um, with him, I did a couple of others. Um, and then I actually did a couple beers with my friends down in Jackson, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I would say probably close, probably, I brewed probably close to over 100 beers, probably. Oh, damn, that's a lot of beers. Honestly. That's good. Yeah, I was uh, like, I want to start making like my own beers like next year when I have time because now um, taking this new position at my work now, it, I <laughs> days or you know, I don't have to do that much of night crew because it, it really uh, jacks up my sleep, you know, and everything. And I can't really spend time with my family and all that stuff for the kids because I I just want to be in bed all fucking day. But uh, it's just some, sometimes in a way the money talks, but I always told them if the money talks, you got to give me this type of hours and this because I, you know, I don't want to be home. I don't want to be work, work, work and be less home, 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 you know? I agree, man. You know, it, it, does, it does take its toll, man, especially, you know, even for me, dude, you know, sometimes I, my sleep is off and but you get used to it, man. And eventually it'll be over. You move on to the next phase of your career. So. Yeah, so, and that's one of the reasons why you probably, you're just like me. You're like, you have insomnia and you're just like, you know what? Let's, I want to talk to people. I want to socialize. Let's do the fucking Zoom. Well, that's the thing, man. You know, and, and, and my boss had mentioned this on Friday because we have Friday's meeting, meetings with them every Friday. Uh-huh. But he had mentioned that we are... Oh, nice. The LCD. Mm-hmm. Um, he had mentioned that we are missing that key, that key thing, that actual interaction with humans, bro. It's, you know, you know, you can't go out and, I mean, you can go out, but there's limitations, dude, and that interaction is, is needed, dude. So me and Jose, me and Jose, Juice says, boy, that's why we decided to do the Zoom, dude. It's like, let's bring people from the craft beer community and let's put faces with people and let's just talk. You know, let's have that interaction. I, I, this was the first time because I mean, I'm part of SUV Cancer and they have meetings, talk about beers or what's coming up. But this is actually my first time doing like a beer zoo. Had uh, Las Vegas uh, beer snob. Uh, you had bad, uh, bad uh, beer reviews, diverse. Then we got Joey's Barbecue, then Julio, then Hip yep. Hop. I mean, it just is getting better and better. K, uh, IBA K was on. She was, I saw the video. She was, uh, shout out to her. She was a chug four fucking beers. What a fucking savage. Dude, she chugged four beers this morning after she woke up. I, I, I DM'd her when she did that, and I told her, Megan, I just fell in love with you. <laughs> uh, but I, you, you had asked me something about, about, you know, the relation between chemistry and, and, and brewing. And um, there is a relation. You have to understand what, not the ingredients that you're putting in there, but what's in your water. Mm. What, what's the mineral content in your water? What water are you using? What's the pH of the water? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So, so there, is, there is chemistry behind it. So all those good beers coming out on the East Coast, like Vermont and New York and all that, something's going on with the water, water over there then, huh? Dude, the water, the yeast that they're using... You know, 
All those, all, I mean, every single ingredient plays a key role in beers, you know, but it all starts with the water. Exactly. I, yeah, there's one thing I did not know, but it's like, okay, what maybe it was the, maybe it was the hops or the yeast or whatever the ingredients, but I think that's going to be the first thing I'm, I'm going to find out. You know, I want to know, okay, if these beers are coming out delicious, it has to be first things first, it has to be the water. Yep. I did not know. I just, I'm always like, to me, there's so much to learn in the craft beer industry and everything, but also I want to know behind the scenes. I want to know the laws and everything because every state is because I did not know because every state has a law where you can't put, you can't, your alcohol has to be in a certain amount of limit. Like it could be no higher than 9% or this or whatever, you know? Yeah. So, so when it comes to, um, Alcohol law is very state by state, um, and I and I think we had. I'm not sure if you were still on the Zoom last night mm-hmm. uh, when I had mentioned about Utah. You know, Utah and certain states in the South, you know, finally raised the legal limit to like 10 percent, bro. But you can't go over 10 percent on the alcohol content. Mm-hmm. And this is what I this is this is what I don't understand. Okay, beer can't go over 10 percent. But you're selling liquor. Liquor's forty three percent, fifty percent. It doesn't make sense. So, man, to tell me, like, for example, if Utah, the whole state, said you can't have beers. Uh, damn. So I'm drinking. Uh, this is these are my boys out of um, I believe in Illinois, um, Energy City. Amazing set of group brewers, dude, making some pretty amazing uh, fruited sours. So, I know. so, like, for example, if if, if Utah. Oh, damn. You see how thick that thing is, dude? <laughs> that shit like the thick-ass papaya juice, man. So it's, a, it's pretty much like a, like a beer smoothie, bro. It's exactly what it is. Do you like those slushy beers? Hit or miss, bro. Hit or miss. It, 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 it depends. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not the type of individual that's going to like, oh, I'm going to, you know, wet my pants, you know, trying to chase them, you know? No. I'm more into um, the IPAs and, and lagers and pilsners, and I do like my fruited sours. And but I'm very picky where I get them from. And usually it's it's either my boys at Energy City or my friends up at Wax Wings in Michigan, uh, the guys from Holmes Brewery. Um, so yeah, that's usually what I'm after is those those type of slushies, not the not the four fifties, not the the smoothies, not the freaking answers. No, dude. I see a lot of people getting those 450s, man. I was like, but I, I'm not going to mention, but some of those, that sour beer ones I was talking about, like, it was nasty. Good thing I, I was going to buy it. Good thing I never had that Warheads. The Warhead, yeah, the Warhead ones were, were as Al said yesterday, bro, those were, oh, my God, dude. They were, they were hard to drink. <laughs> I don't know if I could. That's, I'm, I'm a sour. I mean, I'm, I'm not really a sour. I mean, if, if it's like something like a Cascade, a blueberry sour beer, I'll try. But but one time I tried like a cherry tart, like sour. Oh, my God. I just, I can't do it, man. Yeah, it depends. Like like you said, everyone has a different palate, but it depends. Dude, because there's some sours that are extremely sour, but there's some sours that are toned down and they're mild enough that you're tasting the fruit. You're tasting the vanilla or the marshmallow that's in the beer. Like, those are the beers that I like, dude. To the point yeah. where you, you you can taste the flavor profiles, 
Mm-hmm. I think the only beer, it was kind of more a sour, but more kind of like an IPA-ish, was a beer that like collaboration with Kings called Same Game. I heard about that one, man. I, I never got my hands on it, but I heard. So it was it was Beer Zombies, him, uh, Theo from Crowns and Hops, uh, Kings, and... Unfiltered Brew. And Unfiltered Brew, okay. And uh, I think Hop Squad. Okay. Yeah, so Beer Thug Life was selling some at his... I bought like, like two 24-packs. I had a whole bunch of it, and I was like... I spent close to $200. I was like, what the fuck? Because when I told Beer Thug Life, let me get all that shit... And he's like, what the fuck? You're going to get all like, hey, I went like this. Ching, ching. Mega Man has money. You know? Okay, let me ask you this. Dude, let, me, let me throw this at you. What's the most you've ever spent on beer? On a, okay, we're going to break it down. In, in one shot. In one shot. In a four-pack or a single or what? No, no. In one particular haul, what's the most you've ever dropped? In one day? Uh, $900. Oh wow, nine hundred dollars. I think the most the most I've ever dropped it on a haul, and this was for trading, probably close to six. Yeah, but I didn't do no. Well, at the no, well, I'm gonna start doing trades. But at the time, I was I was like, I'm buying everything. Like every time with Mo, Mo from Crapper Kings, I would go. I was like, oh shit, Mega Man Baller. You like freaking Drake, freaking Takashi Six Nines in the house. You know, <laughs> I mean, I come in as like, and, and you know what I always do every year when I get my income tax money, because I, I pay all my bills and everything. So if I have an extra three grand, I'm going to go to Mo say, hey, Mega Man's going to be over there early and I don't want to be bothered, but you're going to give me some baskets because I'm going to be, I'm going to be getting all your stuff. And he comes, he's like, Mega Man, I'm going to tell you, you're my boy. I'm going to get you some of the good stuff. Check this out. I give you this, this. He goes in the back. He'll give me this, this, and this. It's like, I just drop him. Yeah. He's, he's awesome, dude. I- yeah. I drop him. And uh, I always tell most sometimes, or I talk to a lot of liquor people and stuff, I said, do not fuck Mega Man. I don't want no, give me no sucky ass beer and shit just because you can't sell it and you want to get, I'm not like that. Just say, I want the, I want the best of the best, you know? Because a lot yeah. of people, a lot of people would be like, <laughs> Mega Man, don't fuck around, dude, because when it comes to beer, it's like, I want the best. Like, I always try to find a way to get hookups, but I don't like to get free beers because if, there's nothing free in this world because every time I feel like if I get free beers, then I have to do that person a favor. No, I hear you, man. I hear you. Uh, but his location, man, there, you know, I've been to the one in, in La Habra was the, is, is the one, or La Mirada, I think, and then the other one... The Habra, and then the other one's in uh, El Monte? Yeah, El Monte, and I told him, because I know he has a gas station, I told him, Mo, you need a Crack Beer Kings here on Long Beach, you know, because living here in uh, Long Beach, I go to Liquorland. I, I I went to another beer store I'm not going to mention because I, uh, I, I, my sponsor, I don't talk to him about that because there, there are some beers that, that got me sick, and because... When the beers are not rotated, it's been there for years and stuff. You know, the beer's really bad. I got sick three or four times. So I just said, hey, I'm parting ways, you know, and some of my uh, guests or some of the, the, the people who, who follow me, they got sick because the beers are not rotated. So I said, hey, I'm parting ways with you. You can keep your fucking beers and all that. So now I'm going to Liquorland. My boy Stan, I had him on the podcast. He rotates his beers and everything. And he said, hey, Mega Man, I like what you're fucking doing, promoting, but the only thing is we're having a hard time. He's like, what do you mean? A lot of people don't know about this store. 
a lot of people don't know about this side of town where, hey, I got all these beers and he's been promoting, promoting. And knowing the fact he lives in Long Beach, you know, the liquor land, the, the coolest thing I noticed that he started doing is bringing a lot of Cambodian beers. Like uh, that's hard because in Long Beach, a lot of Cambodians. So he yeah. brought a lot of like a lot of uh, Thai beers, Vietnamese beers, Cambodians. And I was like, when he brought a six pack of this Anchor Walk beer from Cambodia, oh my God, it's so fucking delicious. And he brought some uh, six pack called Tiger Beer from Thailand. Oh, wow. It was really, really good. But uh, that's what I think I like about it. And all his beers, he has, he, he has a rotation. He keeps everything fresh and good deals. And there were some, t- there were some people that I can't mention that he had to part ways from the distributions where, hey, I don't like this because some of your beers you gave me was bad. Then we got stuck with the bill. Then we can't return them back. So he had to make a lot of hard decisions. So now he's bringing a lot of beers from Indie Brewery now, a lot of beer, zombie beers. Uh, he's, he's bringing like a lot of East Coast. The <clears> beer that we're talking about was drinking like the, oh my God, just threw the, I remember I was telling you like, hey, I just found a can. And you guys were all talking about it. Says was like from Santa Cruz. Which one? That was it. The um, the oh my god, we just wasn't that wasn't LCB, right? No, no, no. It's over the barrier, Santa Cruz. Like, oh, the humble, humble seas. Yes, he he probably saw say because he told me, "Have you big man? Have you tried this?" Like, dude, mm-hmm. I haven't even heard about it. I was like, dude, you have to try it. It's like it's the best of probably all of California. He said, because you guys are talking about it, and I'll say this on the podcast, I don't give a fuck. He said, Humble C puts Monkish into shame. Yeah, dude. I mean, the Humble C's by far is probably the, one of the best hazy, hazy IPAs, dude, or what they call foggy IPAs, which I love that, 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 that name that they put, they put on them. Or probably one of the best from the, from the West Coast, dude. Mm-hmm. I've been drinking a lot you know? of Mason's uh, beers from, um, I think they're from Maine. Yeah, I thought, they were, I thought Mason Ale was out of Southern California, though. I thought, yeah, that's what I thought so, too. But there's another Mason, so I have a... Because I know Beer Zombie did some Mason's beers. Not the one in Maine, but somewhere in Southern California or, or whatever. But when he brought some of these uh, Mason beers from Vermont or Maine or around that area, uh had the cool designs, but he had a good, delicious beer called the Hipster Vacation. It was a really delicious beer. Very good. So the Mason Ale Beer Zombie ones... Uh, those guys, yeah, those guys are out of San Marcos, California. That's the Mason yeah. Ales that he works out of, yeah. Yeah, but this other one, it's in Maine, so I've been trying... Oh, some, interesting. I, I've been trying some different types of beers. Uh, I've been drinking a lot of good beers at uh, Fremont Brewery. It's over there in Seattle. Okay. Yeah, Seattle has some pretty, pretty good beers, man, in Pacific Northwest, too, dude. Well, yeah, because they have the rain, they have the water, yep. so you know. There it is, dude. <laughs> and when you have the Pacific Northwest, it rains all day, you get all these hops. Like, I went to a beer farm one time and had all these different types of hops, and you can just smell it. And I was like, man, I wish this was a fucking cologne. I could just smell like hops all fucking day. Well, Washington Washington has it. They're one of the biggest, um, you know, distributors of hops, Yakima Valley, dude. Yeah. Where they grow, bro. That's the thing I always want to see, what's out there, like. <clears throat> Um, I think down the road I'm gonna have a, a, a interview talk with the owner from Great Notions. I wanna I wanna feed off his brain and see how he started and everything. So who, uh, who from Great Notions, Polly? I think yeah, one of them. Uh, whoever controls the the Instagram, I he said, hey, we're gonna get back to you. We we see what you're doing. They 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 listen to some of my episodes, so they did. Some of these uh, breweries are kind of curious, like who is Mega Man? But 
when I have interview like Beer Zombie or I'm gonna have Crowns and Hops and Beer. I mean, these are connections that these people know. So um, I want to start interview interviewing like a lot of good people <clears throat> over in, in the all, all over the craft beer scene. Yeah, man. Because I know, I know, I know, Polly, dude. Polly, Polly was you know born and raised in Philadelphia, dude, and then he went over to Washington or uh, Portland to start up Great Notion with his, three of his buddies. So it's three of them that are that own it. Mm-hmm. But I know, I know, I know, Polly is one of them, and so I know that's they, probably who you're probably going to interview. Probably, and uh, I heard they made another tab room over there too. So I heard that's what I heard. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know they opened another another facility. Yeah, I heard about that stuff. So I just want to see. I was going to tell you. So I know we talked about it earlier on the Zoom, but I want everyone to know this because I, I want everyone to know that the the whole thing about the East Coast, the West Coast, where you know the East Coast, you can't, you guys can't get the West Coast beers to the East Coast, or sometimes we can't get the East Coast to the West Coast. I mean, there has to be something what we can do, you know, because. It's because uh, I don't want to know who, who's bringing some beers out. I mean, you could do beer trades, but I think Mo from Crafter Kings. I don't know who else. I don't know who else. Yeah, Mo from Crafter Kings that I know of distributes everywhere. But that's the problem right there, dude. That's the, it's, he's not the problem. What I'm saying is the problem is distribution, dude. It, there's, there's distributors control everything, dude, and, and and that's what sucks, dude. And you're right about you know you know getting beers that are not rotated and stuff like that. Sometimes the distributors go get the beers and they sit on it. They sit on that beer and they let it sit there before they freaking distribute. And they're distributing beer that's, you know, been canned four or five months, you know, after. You know, I know people are not buying it, but distribution is where it's key. Dude. This, we need to find a better way of distributing so people can get beers everywhere in the United States. Dude. Not just West Coast with the West Coast, East Coast with the East Coast. Let's get it everywhere, dude. Is there a favoritism when it comes to distributions? Like, hey, you know, if you want some of these good beers, you know, you have to buy a certain amount of us, then we'll give you these beers if you want these from the East Coast. Is it kind of more like that, like favoritism? I saw a lot of that in, in Mississippi with a lot of the distributors on that control. You couldn't get stuff. You couldn't get stuff from your own local brewery distributed in the city. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what the hell, man? Yeah, there's a, I know... Distribution is a big problem. Yeah, I know someone who works for Stones, and uh, he's back in the day, well, he's an ex-friend, but he told me some stories, and I was like, man, dude, it can be very cutthroat. Like, if you don't play ball uh, with some of these distributors, man, they'd be like, hey, man, you gotta do, you gotta work with me. If not, you're not gonna get some of these, where to the point, it's like, damn, it's kind of fucked up. Like, you have to spend more money from a distributor or a sales rep or something that just to get some some good top secret beers. Yeah, yeah, and it, 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 it's it's sad to say, dude, but that's how it works, bro. And it sucks. I don't like. And it. I think that's why. I think that's what we're, I was telling you. It's like you know how you know why are we not getting stuff out of California or Arizona or, or Oregon or Washington? You know, we see certain things. You know, but it's like the real exclusive stuff. You don't. You know, you it's it's centralized. You know, other half equilibrium. You know, those beers. You know, they're finally starting to make their way out there. They're finally starting to expand the distribution, which is cool. You know, I'm liking, I'm liking that. That's what needs to be done, dude. Mm-hmm. But that also goes for the West Coast too, dude. The West Coast needs to figure out a way. But hey, this how how can we expand this? How can we get how can we get our beers to reach as far as they can, you know? 
I see Beer Thug Life doing that because I, when I talk to him, it's like we're trying yeah. to get out to a certain yeah. for a certain state, like Arizona here, whatever. But you know what? We're gonna do it slowly because you know the cool thing about when sometimes when Edgar has beer cam releases or hip hop or, or or Julio, you get a lot of people from out of the state come from Arizona, Nevada. You know, um, I heard someone from New Mexico came to Indy to go pick up some of the beers and drive all the way back just to pick up his beers. From New Mexico. We were in line at Other Half one time. And these guys were loading up a van. These guys flew from Korea on a private jet, dude, from South Korea to pick up the beer and fly it back. Fuck. That's a commitment right there. That's a commitment. All because, like, well, how many beers did they pick up? Dude, they had the whole entire back of a van full. I mean, I think they dropped... I think they probably dropped like probably like ten grand, bro. Easily. Oh well, yeah, maybe in a way, maybe there's beers that they can't get. Maybe those beers are gonna be for the military people. Well, this is this is other half, bro. I mean, other half doesn't distribute outside of the U.S. You know, everything's all on trade. But these guys, these guys flew from South Korea to New York just to pick up other half beer to take it back. What a fuck! I forgot because. <laughs> I'm thinking about like okay, Atlantic, like dude, that they got money, they got fucking money. It must be the yeah. We were we were dude. We were we, they were telling us about that. Dude, they're like, we sell this stuff out there, dude, for like fourteen hundred dollars a four pack, and fucking, people buy it. Fucking, I was like, oh my god, fucking K-pop. <laughs> it's fucking K-pop, man. It's, they got the money over there, man. Dude, I just man. They got for fourteen hundred dollars. What was the most like? What was the most ever you spent on a beer? Like a single can? Like, a, what was the most you ever spent on a single can? A, a, a single can? The most I've ever spent on one can, dude. Mm-hmm. Damn. Uh, it actually wasn't a can. Um, it was I'm trying to remember. It was a bottle of. I think it was either the Eagle Rare or the Buffalo Trace um, Goose Island, the Bourbon County. Uh, it was a twelve ounce. It was a twelve ounce bottle, dude. I paid close to a hundred dollars for. My uh, the most I ever spent with my ex, my ex lady, she did this. She wasn't surprised me because she saw this on a beer craft beer magazine. She gave me some brewery out in the East Coast. And this is rare of a kind. I think the bottle costs like $130. Well, the bottle is a bottle, but what's covered around it is a beaver. You ever seen that one? It's a beaver. Mm, you put the bottle no. inside inside the beaver, and it's like that. So it could be a fake beaver. It could be a real beaver. I don't know. But it, it was like a real beaver or a fake one, and there was a bottle inside, and you could drink it like that. That's interesting. Yeah, I... I I should have kept it, but stupid me, it was like my my ex lady got mad and threw it away. But that it was like a like a like a chocolate stout like like bourbon kind of like whiskey flavor. By far one of the best stouts I have ever had in my life. That day, it was happened like four years ago. That taste is still in my fucking tongue to this fucking day. Yeah, dude, you don't you don't forget those beers that actually like wow to you, dude. It's like no. you know they're still. Sometimes you're last, you're down to the last can, and you're like, "Damn, I, I, I don't want to drink the last can, dude." I'll send you a picture of the, this. Uh, the, I went to Beer Thug Life when he had his first bottle uh, can share years ago. 
this guy brought a, a bottle from Arizona. It's like a strawberry like beer. And I was like, how much did you pay for that? Probably like a hundred and hundred and twenty dollars, one hundred thirty dollars. When I tried it, I was like, oh yeah, this is a hundred and twenty dollar beer. You can oh, it's, I'll, I'll send you the picture after after the podcast. It is so delicious, and it's some brewery out in Arizona. That's funny, dude. You know, you, I've been to I've been to tap rooms out here in New York, dude, and and, and the restaurants, and you know, when you're with a group of friends, dude, it's like you look at the oh, let's get this bottle, and you look at the price, I'm like. Oh shit, three hundred dollars for a bottle of Cantillon? I'm like crap. But you know, you're sharing them amongst everybody, dude. So it's like, all right, you know, it's it's worth it to get, I guess, a taste out of it. Yeah. But yeah, man, some of those some of those Belgian sours, dude, that are actually imported into the states, dude, those can fetch some pretty high prices, man. Hey, I just say we fucking leave our wives at the house. We get like a road trip with all the fellas. We go to fucking Belgium. Fuck this shit. <laughs> we go we go party with the monks. Dude, that'd be that'd be insane, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'll get shit faced. I'll I'll make it my shave his head. I'll have hair right here on the side. I'll be in a monk drinking fucking beers, man. Fuck it, I'll live. So speaking, speaking about monks, dude, um, I was very fortunate enough. Uh, my buddy in New York got a bottle of West Eleven Twelve, which is a a monastery in Belgium. Um that brews beer, but they brew this very, very rare beer, very hard beer to get. Uh-huh. Dude, the four-pack of that beer was running for $85 a four-pack, bro. Damn. <laughs> I got lucky to, he got a, he had one bottle left, dude. I got lucky to split that with him, dude, and it was delicious, bro. <laughs> Whoa. You know what? I get scared when you have, when, if you have the money for it, okay, yeah, but this, this kind of backfired on me. Uh, <laughs> well, when I was single and, uh, I was kind of like with those friends of benefits, whatever. And I told her on my refrigerator, drink from this side. I said, what do you mean? This is whatever you can drink. Don't drink from this. Side. <clears throat> and I bought some, uh, some Samuel Adams beer. They have some, exp- you know, they have some top secret beers. You know that. Utopia is one of them, bro. And there's some expensive ones. And this fucking bitch ass girl fucking drank my fucking four pack. And I was like, what the fuck did you do? It's like, oh, you told me to drink from this side. I said, no, dumbass. I told you not to drink from the right. You could drink from the left. And my money went down the drain. I was like, I can't believe it. I was so pissed off to the point I ended the, the friends of benefits relationships. Like, you got to get the fuck out of my house. Jeezy. I tell but you. Yeah, and never yeah Sam Adams, bro. Ever since then, I picked <clears throat> pick beers over fucking pussy. I don't give a care. I love beers more than fucking pussy. Pussy, I can oh, wow. it in the in the beginning, but when you get older, when you love craft beers, I I I'm sorry if beers will always come first than pussy, dude. Because <laughs> because because uh, craft beers don't talk back to you. Pussy does. <laughs> every everyone to their to, to their taste, bro. I, I, you know that that's funny, dude. But but speaking about the rarity of, of Sam Adams, bro. <laughs> You know, I think I think the most rare beer that I had out of them was the Utopia, and that's about three hundred and fifty bucks a bottle. Luckily, I did not fucking spend that much money myself. I actually got a taste of that actual beer tasting, and How was it? so very unique, bro. It's like drinking—you have to drink it like cognac, like whiskey, slow, bro. It's not carbonated. It tastes like you're drinking whiskey, bro. But it's a beer. So this year, this year I think was like forty eight percent alcohol. Damn. 
Yep. That's a damn forty eight. Yeah, I don't know about yep. that. Utopias, utopias are high alcohol content, man, big time. Might have to go see what's up if uh, they have any more. But can you order those online, or you have to go to the source? No, uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a. The last time I actually saw it in Southern California was actually in Orange County. It was at a liquor store in Orange County. I, I can't remember the name of it, but they had a bottle for sale. They were selling it for almost 500 bucks, the bottle. You know what I'm going to do? Uh, I told Dan and Jesse to save me a four-pack uh, uh, because they're, they're not going to make it no more. They're done. And I'm going to go pick it up on Friday because I'm going to start saving up certain beers for you because I'm going to send you some some of these good beers out of Liberation, uh, Hops and Vines, uh, 10 Miles, Dutch Brewhouse. Okay. There's a little can. There's a li- It's like a small little can they have at Dutch Brewhouse. It's a Stout's beer, 13%. I was like, why did you put that in a little can? Like, the regulations are different. I did not know about this. You live in Long Beach, but Pixby knows it's considered Long Beach, but it's a it's a city, and they have and they have new laws over there. So I didn't know about that. So that... They made little cans for some certain stout spears, but when you go to Long Beach, then you can make it to a regular can from that. It was very tricky when certain cities around that. And also, they made a blueberry hibiscus beer. Oh my god, so good, so fucking good. Nice, dude. Yeah, dude. I, I would love to try some of those beers from that area, dude. You know, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since I've been to Southern California, dude. So. I'll give you some beers from an ambitious ale. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they're like kind of like people would say that they're like the monkish of Long Beach. That's what I've been hearing about. I don't know about that because I know Jerome and those guys, they're, they're, they make they make some fire beers. And uh, they know how when I come in, it's like, oh, shit, fucking Mega Man. It's like, you know it. I'm going to talk some shit. You know how I am because nice. they, they I, you know when you – when you post, because I know what, because I, I follow crafters of Long Beach, my boy Dennis. Yeah. And a lot, I know all the owners and everything. So when people come, they know like, oh shit, dude. Like, let's see, let's let's bring some, uh, we'll bring some good stuff for him because he's gonna, if he, if it's pretty bad, <clears throat> I could I can kind of put them on blast. Like, dude, you gotta go back to the drawing boards. Yeah, yeah, that's true, man. Well, that's what happens when you have a platform, you know, and. Uh, you know, I always want to just, like I said, I love breweries. I want to help them out. But sometimes in a way, like these breweries, they they do shortcuts. And they're sometimes in a way their beers are kind of like bad. Like, I'll, I'll tell you off air. We talked about on the Zoom with uh, a certain beer from Indy, uh, the Little Rainbow. Oh, okay. They had to, uh, I had to, I didn't, I didn't pour it down the drain, but I gave it to someone else because I just, I just didn't like it. I, I did not like it. And I talked to one of the head brewers out there. Uh, I DM him like, "Yo, what the fuck? Is, what the fuck is this? I wasted my money." And this is when COVID happened. We couldn't taste the beers because of the whole shit. Like, you know, like, and that's one thing I hate. It's like, hey, can I try a sample of beers? But I, I took a chance. I tried it. I didn't like it, but I did not want to throw it away. I just said, hey, you know what? Maybe this person has a. Maybe has. Maybe this person has a. Uh, maybe a different palate taste than me, so I gave it to him instead. Well, that's the thing, dude, and that's that's one thing that a lot of the breweries out here are are they they they're taking its toll on that because it's like you want to go to the brewery and have some beers, but it's like all you're getting are full pints, bro. And you're going from brewery to brewery, and you're drinking pints no longer 
let me get a flight of tasters where I can taste every single beer and keep it down. You know, yeah. you're drinking two or three two or three pints at one place and then you're jumping around to the next place drinking three three more pints and then going to the next place and drinking three more pints. That all that shit all adds up, bro. You know, by the time you get to the third or fourth brewery, you're fucked up. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's why there are sometimes in a way if I'm gonna have a if I'm gonna have a day off, dude, I, I have to say, thank God for COVID because if there's no COVID, I would have had I would have had another DUI. There, I have not taken that chance. So I'd rather just get the beers to go and drink at the house where it's more safe and let the cops get the fucking assholes over there. Because I want to get drunk here at the house where... Because there's times in a way, if I get fucking drunk, man, I don't know when to fucking stop. I mean, we're all, we're all like that, bro. You know, we all continue drinking, especially if we're having a good conversation and, and the flow is going great. You know, it's going to be one beer, it's going to be the next beer, it's going to be the next beer, and you don't realize it, you know? Sometimes I wake up in the morning after the Zoom, dude, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I went 12 deep last night, dude. I was like, shit. Hey, <laughs> I don't even remember yesterday when I had, because when I was telling you, I was in, like, my ninth or tenth beer, then when we got, and I had three more beers on the Zoom, and someone, I'm not going to mention, told me, like, hey, Mega Man, I had, damn, what's up with you and Kay, man? I be, I be Kay, man, you guys are flirting, what's up, dude? Did you get a number? What's up? You're going to fly to fucking Pennsylvania? Like, what What are you talking about? I, was, I don't remember anything. Oh, <laughs> uh, geez. That was, a, that, was a, that, was a, that was a great thing, dude. I think that's probably, uh, you know, Julio being on there and freaking hip-hop being on there, you know, the other two times, dude. Those were freaking amazing. I think yesterday had a better, it was a, it was a crazy vibe, dude. Like, everyone got to talk. There was more people in there. You know, I was hoping to get, you know, Chris from Beer Zombies on there and, and Mo. I understand that work, you know, work will get in the, in the way sometimes, too. But hopefully they'll be willing to join in the next couple of weeks and have them on there so we can actually talk to them. Yeah, maybe in a way, maybe try to get Beer Thug Life or, you know, or someone like someone well known. But I mean, Julio, when you get Julio on, he talks forever. Dude, I love it, man. You know. We've taken different paths, dude, but it's like education-wise, we're kind of on the same level, dude. So it's like, you know, he went to UCLA, dude, his thing, dude. It's like, and to see, to see his story too, man, and the way it's developed, I'm like, dude, props to him, bro. I, I remember when I started following Julio when he first started and uh, started from the ground up, and uh, he was having a hard time, and uh, he took a bigger hit when... Uh, he went to business. I won't mention these two people because I don't affiliate with them anymore. Uh, they and they kind of like parted ways, and he was on his own. Like, what am I gonna fucking do? Until the whole everything just came into line, you know, with uh, proper glass, Eric and Daniel from Hip Hop and Good Luck Life. It's like, hey, let's make it happen. And dude, that that team is like because you have the image of Good Luck Life, you got Daniel yep. Hip Hop and everything. You got Julio, who knows the business. So he has a license. He could just—he knows everyone. And you got Proper Glass, who makes the designs of the cans and this, whatever. So when you have that fucking the, the four horsemen put together, you got a fucking team. Yeah, actually, actually, I sent I sent Eric uh, Proper Glass the my uh, my logo design. So he's 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 working on my logo design right now. Mm -hmm. I want to do something with him because I want to start making some Mega Man glasses, but. I like my designs, but I want to see what he can kind of tweak out, you know, see what he can do because, you know, he's very busy and everything, but I wanted, like I was, t I was telling a lot of people behind the scenes or I'll tell you now, in 2021, I'm going to update everything. Um, 
what I'm doing is first, I'm unfollowing a lot of people, like a lot of like people I just don't need. And I'm going to follow important people and everything to make the podcast more professional and everything and, and having you on and the Mega Man is still, still going to go on. I'm going to make some beer pages uh, and the memes page and all that. And I'm going to start, you know, start getting more merch and everything. And next year I'm going to start getting, I'm, I'm, I have a lot of killers coming on. I can't really mention, but there's some talks with some well-known uh, craft beer people and also the comedians, some celebrities and stuff. Um, I want to, I want to, uh, I don't want to be like a pension, like, Hey, he's making a little, he's making a difference, but not really. I want to make a big hit, like, boom. I, I totally feel you, man. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for you, dude. I'm excited to see where, where, where your platform is going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, keep me in the loop, you know, anything that you need, dude, let, let me know if you need help with anything, dude, I'm, I'm oh, more yeah. than willing to help out, dude. Oh, yeah. But you know, me and Jose, me and Jose, Juicehead boy, you know, we're, we're about to, Get into the whole glassware too, man. We're gonna develop some glasses dude, and, and put them out there, and, and we're gonna do one for Zoom. There's gonna be a specific Zoom glass, so so everyone that's actually part of the Zoom, I'm gonna try to get it out to them. Uh, we're gonna develop the idea, but we got the we got the we got the we got the uh, idea for the for the the label now, dude. The design for the for the picture. You know what you should do, like how you see it, like the little the little cholo dolls. You should make a glass with all your regulars on the Zoom and have a glass with all like the fucking killers of like the Zoom killers. I think that's what we were. I think that's what we were talking about. We're talking about all of our little cartoons just wrapped around, dude. Uh huh. Yeah, that's a, that. That would be fucking awesome, man. But I'm telling you, that Zoom every Friday. I told Diverse, hey. Is that homie? Well, on Wednesday, we got two more days. We got two more days. And when it's like 4.30 or 5.30, it's like, you got your beers? It's like, yeah. First thing I always do is I eat something super heavy before we start at 6 p.m. Because I am not going to get shit-based drunk all the way till fucking... Oh, yeah, dude. You definitely got to eat before, man. Hey, I have a confession to make. Uh, I told my manager a couple weeks ago, I need to have every Friday off for the past, for the next three weeks. And he was like, that's kind of weird. Why do you need like a Saturday because of you know night crew and everything? It's like, well, yeah, I'm, I just said I'm gonna be out of town or whatsoever because I want to stay on Zoom forever and to the whole night so I can get fucked up and just talk shit, dude. <laughs> oh man, it, 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 the Zooms are good, dude. I, lo- I love it, man. The Zooms are being good. But speaking about the, the Zoom platform and stuff like that, uh, Cisco that was on their IPA fan uh, told me to tell you, dude, you need to join the Saturday Chugs. That he has. Oh yeah. Every every Saturday he has a Saturday trip. I didn't do it today because we were doing the live, but I'm usually there every Saturday at six. Did, did, is it is it still on or is it it's already over? No, it's over, dude. It's over. He does it. He starts it at so it'll be three three p.m. your time I'll, when he does it on Saturdays. Yeah, I'll DM him because I know there are some people who want me to do chugs, but uh, uh, sometimes in a way people will be like, I don't want to do a chug with Mega Man. So why? Because I have to match it with Mega Man's beer because sometimes I chug like a second, like a fucking ten or twelve percent. Yeah, and one I can't time, do that shit, man. Yeah, one time <laughs> I fucking chugged the beer last week of a uh, Black Tuesday. Oh hell no, nah, dude! I had to do it, but uh, I just had to suck it up like a man, and I could feel like the the beer was coming down, but the bark was coming up, so it was stuck in the middle. Nah, bro. Freaking Juicehead Boy sent me a fucking uh, Black Tuesday that's six years old, bro. It was bottled in 2014. Ooh, I want to taste that shit. I want to taste dude, that. Dude, hey, like I said, if you come out here, dude, the guys are supposed to come out, dude. They're, they're talking about coming out here, you know, 
and 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 visiting, dude. So, shit, get all together, dude, and make a trip, dude. I'm thinking about it too. Like I have, I have like a, I have a grant saved up for you know, like for a vacation, or and I have, a, I have a lot of vacation time. So, just uh, let me know something about next year. We'll schedule something. Might take my kids with their mom, and uh, I'll fly over there. I'll bring whatever beers I can bring. I don't know. Well, I'll bring some beers, but uh, dude, I want to go check it out because uh, man, I want to have a good time, dude. I just want to go to White Castle. I was gonna say that. That's what you kept talking about last night too, man. Gotta do White Castle. Gotta do White Castle. It's not what you think, bro. It's not all that. <laughs> I know. It's the same thing we say about uh, fucking In-N-Out. In-N-Out is all that, bro. They perfected the damn burger. <laughs> Right now, we're in the. We're almost at that time right now, but because I know I'm gonna have you on for part two. But uh, okay. Can, can, uh, do you have any last words or any shout outs? No, man. Just you know, uh, um, I'm just happy to be part of this, dude, and 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 very humble that you know I can I can speak to everybody, man, and and getting along with everybody, and actually putting faces now with everyone in the Zoom. You know, like, oh, who was diverse? You know, you see them, or you know, who's Papa Hoppy, dude? And it's like. That's what I like about it, dude. That platform for us on Friday, dude, is, is the way that now we know we all know each other, dude. Yeah. You know? There's people who are like, uh, show Henry his face. We want to see his face. But, uh, but yeah, man, shout out to everybody in the beer community, bro. Every Everyone that, you know, I cross paths with, you know, um, everyone that stayed humble, you know, and everyone that hopefully, you know, I won't put out names yet, but hopefully the the good collaborations that I can have in the in the coming future, dude, and, and we'll see where it goes from there.